Thank you for listening to the official podcast of Canyon Creek Baptist Church, where our goal is to know Jesus and make Jesus known. To learn more about Canyon Creek, visit us online at creekfamily.org. Today's sermon comes from Pastor Josh Murray. All right. Well, good morning, everybody. How are you doing this morning? Hey, it's good to see you on and welcome you to Canyon Creek. I also want to welcome those who are joining us online from home for our live stream service. We're glad that you're tuning in today. And hey, if you're joining us for the first time, I want to ask you to do me a favor during this service and fill out our Connect card. Uh, There's a few different ways you can do that. You can scan the QR code on the screen behind me or text us, or if you picked up a bulletin on your way and you can fill out that card and tear it out and leave it for us as you leave today. We just want to get some information from you serve you the best way that we can. But man, I'm glad you're here today on this nice warm morning uh, as we are in the second week uh, of this series called Surrender. And in this series, we're talking about how we can put God first in a few key areas of our lives. Um, And the reality, the purpose behind this is there's a level of living that we miss out on when we don't put God first in our lives. And so we're starting the year off with a few weeks on how we can really put God first in a few of the areas of our lives that we tend to try to control. Uh, last week, we talked about how we put God first in our decisions. And today we're going to continue and we're going to talk about how we can put God first in our relationships. Um, the reality is there are few things in life that influence us more than our relationships with people. Uh, If you've experienced heartbreak because of a relationship, then you realize how much influence relationships have on your life, right? If you've experienced a deep, meaningful friendship, uh, then you realize how much influence relationships have on your life. If you've seen God work in your marriage or in your relationship with a friend, then you realize how much influence relationships have over your life. God designed them to be that way. Okay? I believe that, that relationships are designed by God to play a very important role in your life. And we see the importance of this at the beginning of Scripture in Genesis chapter 2. Right? What does God say? He creates man and he says it's not good for man to be alone. And when God said that, he was specifically speaking about a marriage relationship between Adam and Eve. But I think that that principle applies to all of our relationships in life. Right? It's not good for us to be alone. We weren't created to go through life alone. We weren't created to live an isolated life. We were created for relationship. Well, how do you know? Well, the Bible tells us that we were created in the image of God, and that's good enough for me. If we understand God, we know that he is God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. So he's three in one. That's the very complicated idea of the Trinity, right? But what does that tell us about God? It tells us that God is highly relational. And if we're then created in the image of God, then we must be created for relationships as well. So much so that the enemy tries to destroy all of our relationships, right? Have you noticed that? I think the enemy's tactic when it comes to relationships is to try to get us to isolate ourselves. He wants us to be alone. He wants us to be on our own. He wants us to be isolated. But the Bible continually points us to the fact that we were created to be relational, right? The Bible tells us that we find safety in relationships. When we're together with other believers, there's safety, right? Ecclesiastes says that two is better than one, but three is even better than two. It talks about how we're stronger when we're connected together than we ever could be living life on our own. The Bible says if someone fails and they have no one there to help them get up, if they fall and no one's there to help them get up, what happens? They're in trouble, 
But if you have people around you, you can get up and get moving again. Relationships are for your good. They're there to build you up. They're there to protect you. Iron sharpens iron. We see this idea all throughout scripture. But when it comes to our sermon, our talk today, I really believe this, that there's a place that God wants to take you in your life and your relationships with people are one of the ways that he helps you get there, okay? In other words, like everything else we're gonna talk about in this little series, you're never going to reach your fullest God-given potential without relationships, all right? Paul describes the church as the body of Christ. He says, some of you are hands, some of you are feet, some of you are noses, eyes, brains. We always end up with a few butts in there, right? But the thing is, if you're connected to the body, right? If you're living in isolation, you're like a finger that has been severed from the hand. And a severed finger is no good by itself unless it's connected to the body, right? But when you're connected to the body, that's when you're able to reach your fullest potential. But outside of relationships, you're never going to be able to do that. So all of scripture points us to this simple fact that relationships are vital to your life. They're vital to your growth. We need each other. We need people, which is why it should be of no surprise to us that the enemy is waging war on our relationships. Think about the culture we live in right now. Everything is divisive. Everything is driven to cause division. And you know what? Satan loves it because if he can get people to divide, then he can keep us from reaching our fullest God-given potential because that can't happen in isolation. Right? And even beyond that, one of the biggest troubles I think we're facing in our world today is the way we've replaced real, deep, meaningful relationships with surface level things. That's what a majority of our relationships are, surface level. That's what a majority of our conversations are, surface level. Hey, how are you doing? Good. Okay, let's move on, right? Before this gets too deep, we don't want that to happen, right? It's not real anymore. It's not deep anymore. It's not meaningful. It's not intimate. And we're facing a decline in real godly relationships. And again, I think the enemy celebrates that because if he can destroy our relationships, if he can cause us to isolate, if he can make us shallow, then he can hinder our future. He can keep us from experiencing everything that God wants to do in our lives through our relationships with people, okay? So my heart for us today, my prayer, what I want to do, I want to give you a, a roadmap, a few guide points for real life-giving, meaningful, God-first relationships. And this is important because few things, like I said, have the power to transform your life more than your relationships with other people. And here's what I want you to see today, okay? I want you to see that God created us to be relational. He created us for relationship. And relationships are for our own good. But you will never experience all that relationships were intended to be until those relationships are rooted in God himself, okay? In other words, we need to put God first in our relationships. Here's another way I'll say it. You will never experience the full depth and beauty and joy and empowerment that we can find in our relationships until we put God first in our relationships, all right? So how do we do that? How do we put God first? What does that look like in terms of relationship? I'm gonna give you a biblical model. Um, the Bible tells us that our most important relationship is the relationship that we have with God, right? We get to know God. We know that God is love. We know love because we know God, right? These are all verses we're gonna read today. So if our most important relationship is our relationship with God, 
then that relationship should be what defines our understanding of the rest of the relationships that we have in life, right? We love God. We know that God loves us. Because of God, we're able to understand what love is. So then we begin to love the people in our lives with that same love. It's sort of this simple, right? We love our spouse the way God loves us. We love our children the way God loves us. We love our friends and our family and our coworkers and our neighbors and everyone in life the way that God loves us. But the important thing about that is this. Our relationship with God has to come first. And every other relationship that we have is downstream from our relationship with God. In other words, if your relationship with God is not in a solid place, then all of these relationships are gonna suffer as well because every relationship in your life must be downstream from our relationship with God. So if we don't understand what love is, in terms of the way God loves us, then we're going to have a pretty distorted view of what love is and that's gonna affect the rest of the relationships that we're in. It's only when we're able to capture God's love for us that we're able to put him first in our relationships and love everyone else on our list with that same love, all right? I wanna show you this principle in scripture. First John chapter four, John is talking about how God loves us and how we know love because we know God, everything that I'm saying. In verse 16, he writes this. He says, we have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. God is love and the one who remains in love remains in God and God remains in him. He says, in this, love is made complete with us so that we may have confidence in the day of judgment because as he is, so also are we in this world, okay? What is John saying? He's saying God is love. And the only way to know love is to experience it firsthand in your relationship with God. And as we know God, as we come to understand his love, he begins to display it to us more and more, help us understand it more and more. Let's take a look at what he says next, verse 18. He says, there is no fear in love. Instead, or on the other hand, perfect love drives out fear because fear involves punishment. So the one who fears is not complete in love. And this is the verse I want you to to remember today. It says, we love because he first loved us. So the idea here is that God loved me first. And the only reason that I know what true, meaningful, deep, and real love is, is because of God. And because of that, now I'm able to love my wife the way God loved me. Because of that, now I'm able to love my daughter the way God loved me. Because of that, now I'm able to love my friends and my family and my coworkers and and my neighbors and everyone in my life the way that God loved me. But in order for us to be able to do that, what do we have to do first? We have to know God's love, right? Here's another one. This is Jesus. These are the red words in your Bible, John 13, 34. He says, I give you a new command, love one another. That part's not really surprising to us. We know that that's what we're supposed to do, but what does it say next? Jesus says, just as I have loved you, okay? In other words, I've loved you first, and in that same way, you are also to love one another. Notice what he says in verse 35. He says, by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another, okay? It's this simple, We have complicated what it means to love one another. We have complicated what it means to share the love of Jesus, to share the gospel. He gives it to us plain and simple. 
He says, just as I have loved you, this is what you're supposed to do. Love one another. By doing this, Jesus says, everyone will know that you are my disciples. So if your relationships in your life are not downstream from your relationship with God, then they will never be all that they were intended to be and you will never become all that you were intended to become. So how do we do that? I think we find the answer right here in verse 34. Jesus says, just as I have loved you, you are also to love one another. By this, everyone will know that you're my disciples if you love one another. When you begin to love people the way Jesus loves you, okay, it's going to be so obvious and impactful in your life that people are gonna notice it, right? They're gonna catch on and they're gonna say, wow, there's something different about this person because of the way that you love. It's that simple and this is when things begin to change, but we will never understand that love until we first receive it from God. So again, how do we do that? I'm gonna give you a few things, uh, but I wanna be very clear with you this morning, okay? I cannot, in the next 15 minutes, encompass all of God's love for you, all right? There's no way for me to explain every single way that God loves you and how you're supposed to love one another, but I wanna give you just a few big things, a few key things that I believe will start you on a path toward loving like Jesus. And how does he want us to do that, right? How does Jesus want us to love one another? What did he say? He said, just as I have loved you. So how do we love like Jesus? Here's the first thing. Number one, loving like Jesus requires immeasurable grace, all right? Immeasurable grace. The Bible tells us that we have received grace upon grace. And I love that phrase because here's what it tells me. It tells me that there's not just a little bit of grace, right? It tells me that there's not just grace for the first few times that I mess up and then there won't be any more grace. No, no, no. It says grace upon grace. Another verse tells us that where sin abounds, grace abounds much more. And this is good news in case you were wondering. And here's why. Because your relationship with God is not defined by your past, Your relationship with God is not defined by the mistakes you've made. Your relationship with God is not defined by the things you've done wrong. Your relationship with God is defined by his grace, that he sees you where you are and he gives you grace upon grace upon grace. This is the whole idea of the cross, right? That God wanted to demonstrate his love for us, that he loved us so much that he wanted to come give his life so that we could experience his grace. And you're sitting here, this is a big deal, folks, that he sees your sin, that he knows your mistakes, he's aware of your flaws, but he also sees who he created you to be and he gives you grace upon grace upon grace every step of the way as he leads you into the life that he has planned for you, right? Loving like Jesus, it requires immeasurable Grace, what does that mean? It means it never runs out. That's the grace that you're called to mirror in your relationships with people. And it's important for us to be able to stop and self-assess and ask ourselves, do I reflect the grace of Jesus in my relationships? And I would venture to say that most of us would probably say, absolutely, I do, for a minute, right? Until it runs out. (laughs) The truth is this. Our relationships are surface level because we've forgotten how to walk in grace. That's it. Where there is no grace, there is no love. Where there is no grace, there is no depth. Where there is no grace, there is no intimacy. You can't have deep, meaningful, life-giving relationships without grace. 
okay? Think about it this way. The only reason you're here this morning, the only reason you're able to have a relationship with God at all is because of grace, okay? You're not able to have a relationship with God because of how awesome you are. You're not able to have a relationship with God because of how great you are. No, no, no. You're only able to have a relationship with God because of his grace for you. And because of that, no matter what you've done, no matter how many times you've failed, no matter what you've done wrong, you can come before God and he loves you, he cares about you, and he gives you grace upon grace upon grace from his fullness, okay? If you wanna have deep, meaningful, life-giving, God-first relationships, you need to become a person of grace, okay? I'll say it this way. The entry fee, if you will, to having God-first relationships in your life is grace, That's what it requires. And the relationships that you're in will never reach their fullest potential until you learn to walk in grace. Now, here's the thing. Grace can sometimes be very difficult, right? How many of you know that, right? Grace can sometimes be very hard. I'm not gonna stand here today and say it's easy because it's not. Here's why grace is difficult. Grace is difficult because it's undeserved favor, okay? That means they don't deserve it. And sometimes when someone hurts you, it's hard to give them grace, right? But sometimes you just have to choose love over justice. Sometimes you have to choose grace over payback. Sometimes you have to choose compassion over anger. And that's a difficult road to walk. But when you get on the other side of it, here's what you'll find. You'll find that grace is far more satisfying than seeing people get what you think they deserve. Because there's more joy and peace and freedom when your relationships are marked by immeasurable grace, then there is satisfaction in seeing people get what you think they deserve, okay? When you give someone undeserved grace, it takes your relationship with them to a new level, okay? So if you're in a place in your life today where you're suffering from loneliness and isolation, it may be because you have no relationships that are founded on immeasurable grace. And that may not be entirely your fault, okay? When we talk about relationships, it's important to remember that you're only responsible for half of the relationship, okay? You can kind of let that weight fall off your shoulders a little bit because you cannot control the other side. But here's what happens over time. As we experience graceless relationships, we start to put our walls up, right? We start to build some barriers. We start to say, I've got to protect myself from you. I'm sure you've been there before, right? But let me just tell you, there's an incredible freedom and healing that you experience when you let your guard down and become a person of grace. And here's why it's possible for you to do that. It's possible because God has shown you incredible, immeasurable, amazing grace. And he calls us to give that same grace to other people. Love one another, Jesus said, how? Just as I have loved you, okay? Loving like Jesus requires immeasurable grace. Here's the second thing. Loving like Jesus requires unending sacrifice. Unending sacrifice, excuse me. One of the biggest things that destroys our relationships is using people as a means to get something, right? And we often approach our relationships in life with this mentality without even realizing it. We think, what can they do for me, right? How can this relationship benefit me? How can they support me? How can they meet my needs? It's not about how can I love them, It's not about how can I help them, it's about how can they love me. 
And I'm not saying that you don't need people to love you. I'm not saying that you don't need people to care about you. I'm not saying that you don't need people to to support you. You need people to love you. You need people to care about you. You need people to support you. But God first relationships aren't about what you can do for me. God first relationships are about what I can do for you. And that's the difference. Marriage then, it becomes about me serving you. It becomes about me loving you. Your friendships then become about you serving them and loving them and asking, what can I do for you? And as you do this, you begin to build each other up and empower each other and support each other and encourage each other. But in order for that to happen, it has to go both ways. And I understand that. You're only responsible for half. I understand that. But this is the best shot you got, right? That's the type of love that Jesus has. Think about John 3, 16. The most well-known verse in all of scripture. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. What's the idea here? The idea here is that God loves you so much, okay? He didn't need something from you. He had nothing to gain from you. He just loved you so much that he was willing to send his son as a sacrifice for you. How many of your relationships look like that, right? We see this command repeated, John chapter 15. Jesus says, this is my command. Love one another as I have loved you. Here's where the sacrifice comes in. He says, no one has a greater love than this to lay down his life for his friends, okay? In other words, there is no greater love than a relationship that is marked by unending sacrifice, okay? Loving like Jesus, it requires unending sacrifice, And we've all been sold a lie that relationships exist to serve us and it's robbed us of the joy and the fulfillment and the love of sacrificing ourselves for one another. Our motivation, it can't be, what can I get from this? Our motivation can't be, how good can this make me feel? It has to be about loving someone else. That's how we put God first in our relationships. Now I know that you're probably, some of you pushing back And you're thinking, well, that doesn't sound that great, right? The best way I can illustrate this for you is the whole idea of being a parent, right? And I don't know if you've noticed this or not, but everyone pulls a real good bait and switch on you when it comes to having children. It's true. I don't know if you've noticed it before, but it's a real thing. Before you have children, people are like, you should really do this. You should really have a baby. They're so sweet, You're just gonna love being a parent. You're gonna love having a child. So when are you gonna do it, right? When are you gonna get pregnant? It's time, you've gotta hurry. It's gonna be great. It's gonna be everything. And then once you're pregnant, the conversation changes, right? Now it's, oh man, wait till you see how much poop they're gonna have. It's a bait and switch. You're not gonna sleep for months, right? Bait and switch. Then the baby's born and it's expensive, right? Diapers, wipes, formula, they're not contributing anything to the family, right? (laughs) For the first several months, they can do zero things for themselves. Zero. You've got to do it all, okay? They spit up, they cry, they keep you up at night, but you take care of them because you love them. It's a deep, meaningful, fulfilling love. It's a perfect example of a love that says it's not about me. And I think that's a good perspective of the type of love that we're supposed to reflect in our relationships with other people, okay? People say this about parenting, okay? 
They say it's the hardest thing you'll ever do, but it's the best thing you'll ever do. And here's what I would say to that. I've been a parent for a little over two years and here's what I would say to that. Yes, absolutely, 100%, okay? But what if God's intention was for all of our relationships to be just like that? You know what I mean? Not what can I get? Not what can you do for me? Not how can you serve me? How can I love you? How can I take care of you? How can I encourage you and support you? And you know what? I'm gonna be very honest with you. It's not gonna be easy because some people are just knuckleheads, right? We don't make it very easy on each other, do we? But there's a deep joy and fulfillment that comes into your life when you treat your relationships that way. What would your marriage look like if your motivation was love, right? If you caught a hold of this, man, what would happen in your marriage? How would it shape your marriage, right? What would your friendships look like if your motivation was, what can I do for you? If you've really caught a hold of that, how would it shape your friendships? How would it shape your relationship with your coworkers? How would it shape your relationship with your neighbors, right? If you said, God loves me in this way and I'm gonna love that stubborn, hard-headed person that I married with that same love, how would it affect your relationship? Now, you might be thinking, that's great, Josh, right? I get what you're saying, but you just don't know my relationships. You just don't know the people that I'm dealing with. You just don't know my spouse. You don't know this coworker. (laughs) You don't know this friend, This all sounds great, but the people that I'm walking with, they're very challenging. I would end up being the only one loving like this and I would just be taken advantage of. Here's what I would say to you. You're probably right. There's no sugarcoating it. But this isn't the path to comfort. This is the path to fulfillment. This is the path that you walk on with Jesus and he begins to do a work in your heart. But you can walk down this path And things may not change all that much. You can walk down this path and your marriage may not change. You can walk down this path and your relationship with your coworker may not change. You can walk down this path, your relationships may not change because again, you're only one half of the relationship. You cannot change the other half. But here's the truth. If you do want your relationships to change, loving like Jesus is the best shot that you have. That's it. There is no better method. There is no better idea. There's no better way. It's love one another. Just as I have loved you, you're to love one another. And by doing this, everyone will know that you're my disciples. So as we close today, there are two things I want you to know. First, I want you to know that God loves you so much. He's full of grace for you, grace upon grace upon grace. He doesn't define you by your failures. He doesn't define you by your mistakes. He calls you forward into the person that he created you to be. And here's the second thing I want you to know. If you will love people the way Jesus loves you, it will completely and totally change your life. What did he say? He said, love one another. How? Just as I have loved you. You are to love one another. I'm gonna say this over and over again this morning. By this, Jesus says, everyone will know that you're my disciples if you love one another, okay? Loving like Jesus, it requires 
immeasurable grace. It requires unending sacrifice and it will change your life. It will change your marriage. It'll change your friendships, your relationships, everything. I believe it. It might not always change the other person, but I can promise you that it will change you, okay? So my prayer for you today is that you would experience the love of God in your relationships with people, okay? You need people. You need relationships. If you're in a desert by yourself, you're in trouble, right? On Friday, Friday's my day off and my daughter takes a nap and Chris was like, I'm gonna take a nap too. And I was sitting on the couch watching National Geographic. If you wanna take a nap, turn on National Geographic. Okay? <laughs> There's something about it. It's not that it's boring, but just the voice is low and deep, kind of like mine is today. If you're, if you're visiting, or I don't usually sound like this. This is new. I'm growing up, all right? <laughs> But let me just tell you, National Geographic. I was sitting on the couch watching National Geographic and they were talking about gazelles. You know, lions love to eat gazelles. They do. I saw lots of videos of this happening on Friday. And, uh, but here's what's interesting. If a lion wants to eat this gazelle over here, it's not gonna go in when that gazelle is surrounded by other gazelles. It's gonna wait for quite a while. It'll wait for days if it has to. It's going to wait for that gazelle to leave the other gazelles to go get some water over here. And when that happens, that lion is going to go and eat that gazelle. And that's how it works in our lives. We need people. We need relationships. If you're off in a desert by yourself, you're in trouble. The Bible tells us that our enemy is prowling around like a roaring lion looking for anyone he can devour. And the best way to leave that isolation, that separation, that watering hole is to come back into relationships that are founded in who God is and how he loves us, okay? Arguably, one of the top five most important things I could ever tell you as your pastor is simply that. You need people, okay? You need people that you can be real with. You need people that can be real with you. You need people to love. You need people who love you. You need people to encourage and you need people who encourage you. You need people to support and you need people who support you. You need relationships that are founded in grace. You need relationships that are marked by sacrifice because those relationships are the ones that will change your life. The question is, will you do it? Will you go beneath the surface? Will you give grace even when it's hard? Will you go the extra mile, right? Will you open up to someone else? Will you give the effort that is required, right? We've gotten to a place where we value relationships that require no effort, okay? Listen, I'd rather have three relationships with people that I am invested in who are invested in me than 50 surface level meaningless relationships, right? Will you look past your deepest desires in order to love someone else and become theirs, right? The biggest mistake you can make today is to walk out those doors and never think about this again. And that's very possible because when you walk out those doors, you're gonna say, wow, it's cold, right? (laughs) So will you do it? That's my plea. Will you do it? Will you go deep in your relationships? If you do, it'll change your life, right? 
Let your relationships with people flow out of your relationship with God. Everything in life is downstream from him. So let's put him first in our relationships and watch what he does, all right? Let me pray for you today. Father, we come to you and we thank you so much for your great love for us. We thank you that each and every one of us here has received grace upon grace from your fullness. We thank you, God, that you never stop loving us, that you never run out of grace for our countless failures. We just pray today that you would impact every relationship in our lives. God, we pray that all of our relationships would reflect your perfect love for us. We don't wanna view our relationships with that mentality of what can I get from this? We wanna view our relationships with the mentality, what can I give? How can I make this person's life better? How can I share the love of God with them? So we pray that our relationships would be marked by immeasurable grace and unending sacrifice. God, we pray that you would ground us and root us in your mercy and in your love. Help us to embody your mercy and your love, your grace to the people around us. With heads bowed and eyes closed, maybe you're here this morning, maybe you're watching online and you're hearing about that love that God has for you for the first time. Uh, The good news, best news of all, you can find forgiveness and salvation in a relationship with Jesus Christ. Because God sent him to this world and he lived a perfect life. He accomplished everything he needed to accomplish, dying a sinner's death on a cross, being buried in a tomb, and being raised from the dead so that we could be forgiven, so that we could know him, so that we could spend eternity in heaven with him. So if that's where you're at today, you wanna place your faith and your trust in Jesus, I wanna encourage you to pray this simple prayer with me. Church, let's make this our prayer together today. Heavenly Father, I know that I'm a sinner and I'm asking you to forgive me today. I believe that you died on the cross for my sin and that you rose from the dead so that I could be saved. So today I turn away from my sin and I invite you to come into my heart and into my life so that I can know you and trust you and follow you as my Lord and Savior. I give it all to you today in Jesus' name and everybody said, amen. You've been listening to the official podcast of Canyon Creek Baptist Church. If you made a decision to commit your life to Jesus or would like to get connected with Canyon Creek, visit us online at creekfamily.org forward slash connect and fill out a connect card. Thanks again for joining us.